It's a long journey to the top for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they don't want to sit there for just one year. How do they stay? I'll tell you about all of that here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining me for another edition of today's Locked On Jaguars podcast. I am Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, where it's your team every day. And we thank you for making us your first listen. A quick reminder that we are free on our YouTube page, free to subscribe to. Make sure you check it out. Hit that like button, hit that bell so you get notifications whenever there's an episode. And subscribe, please, and tell your friends. Also, wherever you happen to get your audio podcast, Understand that we are there, too, and make sure that you tap in every single day to make sure you do not miss an episode. I have to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on today to get started. Lots to start on today here as we continue to trek our way through the offseason here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, this is what we're going to talk about today, man. The journey to the top. We, we, uh, most of us were there when they were at the bottom, like Drake said, started at the bottom. Now we're here, right? But how do you get to the top and stay? Because the Jaguars have been here before and they found a way to mess it up, right? And they ended up right back in purgatory after only one season. We don't want that to happen. We think we have the solutions to keep those things from happening. So we're going to talk about it here on today's show. First, a little bit about that journey. As I mentioned in 2017, the team seemed like they were on their way. They had a young, a bunch of young Rottweilers, man. They were they were ready to eat and chew through, through chew their way through anything that was going on. And then the chemistry bug hit them and some attrition and coaching staffs being changed around and players asking to leave and guys not getting paid. All of those things that happen when you don't have a real, real strong structure. And um, hopefully now the Jaguars structure is a little bit stronger to prevent anything from like anything like that from happening before grind it, grind it through a terrible ordeal with urban Meyer grind it again. Um, it felt like the bottom had fallen out once they hit the proverbial lottery in terms of getting the quarterback that they wanted in Trevor Lawrence, and then to only go through and have all of this enthusiasm and then have the bottom fall out. So if I can give people an example of what that was like, and it basically to non-Jaguar fans or people who weren't here, you know how they say you always have to be there. It's almost like you woke up on Christmas morning to open your presents, right? To find out all the boxes were empty and there was a whole bunch of disappointment and confusion. And then like a week later, you had Christmas again, but you had it on New Year's, but now you got to open your gifts. So that's what happened with with Jacksonville because once they decided to totally start over, lots of people, including the former coach, said a lot of the right things. The best of the best. We're going to have the best this, the best that. This has to stop have a winning mentality and 
we got a quarterback. We got Trevor Lawrence. And, and the reason why Urban came first was because he came first. They had Urban Meyer before, technically before they had Trevor Lawrence. They secured the pick to take Trevor Lawrence uh, through the regular season prior to. Uh, and everybody and their brother knew who they were going to take. It was going to be the quarterback, right? And then they had Urban Meyer. And then it's almost as if we had to redo the enthusiasm all over again, right? When they hired Doug Peterson after they fired Urban. And that was fine, but it didn't feel quite as authentic as the first time. It There was a scar there for fans. There was a scar there for uh, the media, and there were scars there for those players when Doug Peterson took over the team. There were just scars. And folks wondered how would he overcome those scars. And if you guys remember, if you had been following this podcast for a long time, one of the things that happened was I asked Doug a question. Uh, I know you want to coach guys up and coach them hard to get to where you need to go, but do you have to kind of tiptoe around their emotions because of what they've been through? He absolutely said, yeah, he did. And he said that he had basically had to earn their trust right before doing all of that stuff and I, I wonder if all of that stuff that actually happened before he got here as bad as it was if it was actually a favor to him and what i mean by that is the difference between them as nfl coaches and the difference between their makeup is so night and day urban meyer built everything on what have you won you haven't won anything nobody here has won anything by the way he was saying that about it about an entire team of coaches that he picked okay that nobody had ever won anything nobody won anything well you can't say that about doug if that's the way you're going to talk then guess what in comes a guy who has won a super bowl and as bad as it was the year prior you can almost look around and the players were going like what a dude kept talking about and harping on the fact that all of the coaches had never won anything well this dude has he's won something he never has so maybe that there was this little bit of credibility or a little bit because you had so many guys who were eyes wide open and wanted and 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 really really wanted something fresh and something new and somebody to really believe in them and treat them with respect i can't help it with these analogies y'all gotta get it's almost like you ever seen a, 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 a you ever walked to a pet store or into your manger side and the dog is just begging you to take him home and he gives you so much love and he listens to you because he's such he's so used to people. He's a little timid, but he's used to people treating him bad. But now you he got you. So he anytime you give him anything that's good, he is going to look for that. And, and that's and I hate to compare our guys to dogs, but I love me some dogs. I got a dog. My, my dog died and I got her name tattooed on my arm. So but my point is, is there's just so much you could take from one person and then when somebody comes in there's 10 times better and their the psyche and the mentality is so much better than it, it, it you saw it even when they ran into you know they got up to like what two and six or two and seven or something like that last year you never saw them quit so you never saw them quit on the season and then you never saw them quit on you never saw them quit in games so it went from the season going not so well to the point where they learned how to not quit in games. Thus being behind 27 to nothing and coming back to win it. 
being down 17 points twice at the end of the regular season. That is because of trust. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, we can now understand that we are not dealing with a one-year wonder here. We are dealing with a team that has the prerequisite things that are required to make sure that this is going to be a sustained run for a long period of time. All right, I'm going to get to some of those things that will basically guarantee that this is not a one-year wonder and tell you what some of those things are why you could rest assured that the Jacksonville Jaguars are here for real. We're going to talk about how they're going to stay on top of the AFC South and then the biggest threat in the division and some of the things that they need to look out for. We're going to do all of that here in just a second on Locked On Jaguars after I let you know about today's sponsor, which is FanDuel. Okay, football and basketball are gone, but baseball is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. You heard me. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to join today. Man, you got to go to baseball. Is, it's not like fo- football and basketball where the same players come out because the pitcher changes. When the pitcher changes, the rotation changes. So you need to get that information from FanDuel, who's pitching, who's going to be in the rotation before you make your bet. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. FanDuel, make sure you go and join them today. All right, running it down here. Locked on Jaguars. Telling you why the Jaguars are in a good position to make sure that this year is not a one-hit wonder like 2017. And the things that they have to do and some of the things they have to look out for. Now, we have to say this. We have to set this up. It's not as if the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's not as if it's not as if what they did was just go out and blow the whole thing open and and run away from people. And it doesn't have to be a requirement that a team does that before you actually think that they are going to be pretty good. I'll tell you some of the things that's coming up that the Jaguars, they've checked the boxes off of why I think they're going to be really good. But blowing people out is not one of them. The Patriots didn't do it their first year. They They weren't even a favorite in their first Super Bowl that they won. They were a wild card before they went on that run as a dynasty, right? So... We have to understand that looking like a world beater is not necessarily a requirement or a prerequisite to whether or not you'll be any good or not for a sustained period of time. Uh, But one thing I will say that makes me have the confidence that this is a a team that while I'm while I continue to remind myself that they were about two minutes away from not even beating the Titans and winning the division last year. And we'll get into that, too, when we start talking about who we think uh, the biggest threats are. Um, And we'll do that in segment three. But right now, here's what I believe makes them sustainable. Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. I keep coming back to it. The difference between them in 2017 is uh, you have Doug Peterson instead of Doug Marone. And you have Trevor Lawrence instead of Blake Bortles. 
And not only do you know that, their teammates know that. And the other teams know that. And the other teams have way more respect for the two you have now than the two that they had before. And I'm not going to sit there and tell you I thought Doug Marone was terrible because he's not. He's not. I wouldn't say that. He's not. He's not. But this is the reason why he's now a head coach who has been in three different places. And nobody's talking about giving giving him another job. Maybe he's a really, really good offensive line coach, and that's pretty much what it is. But and Blake Bortles is no longer in the, in the league. No matter what somebody wants to tell me here on the show, they'll call me, they'll text me, they'll email me, they'll put it in the comments of how good the boat was. This ain't about that. It's not about how much you like Blake and how much of an everyday guy he was. And it's not even about any of that. And I hate to, to even bring up the fact that I got to actually say this. This is just not personal. This is not a, a popularity contest. This is about football. And nobody around the league respected Blake Bortles. And his own coach didn't. And that's why he they kneeled on the ball with 51 seconds to go. When you have what the Jaguars have, you have a, a guy that – no matter how much we fuss and, and argue about it, I think he's minimum a top seven quarterback. And if we want to project, I think he's a top five quarterback. Um, the reason why I have a difference there is because you actually have to have demonstrated performance and it has to be sustained. So he's only had one really, really decent season. And, and that was really, really headlined by a top three second half of the season last year. And what I really, really like about him is how well he plays in big games, even when he doesn't play well in big games, like the divisional against the Chargers. Did not play well in the first half. Played so poorly, in fact, it would have been easy for the team to just pack up and say, later, we out of here. But that did not happen. And what did happen ended up being magical and ended up adding to the lore of Trevor Lawrence because the second half was about as good a second half of football as I have ever seen a quarterback play. So, Get rid of that little variance between half and half, halves one and two, and we're going to be cooking with some hot grease. So I really believe that they are better. I think they could have gotten a little bit better, and I'm going to keep saying this over and over again. Had they done a few things or a couple of things differently, but it's not enough to bring up and derail where we are right now on this today's podcast. No, I'm, I'm fine with with understanding what they were trying to do and what they were trying to accomplish and where they are as a, as, as a team. The thing that they have to do is just they have to stay mentally focused if they want to stay on top. You have to. Last year, they lost to Houston. They almost lost also. They lost to Houston. They lost to the Colts. And they almost lost to Tennessee. So because those games are that way, they have to realize something. It's not necessarily a reflection on how good or bad they are or aren't because the same Houston team that ended up with the number one pick almost beat Kansas City. I think they had to go to overtime. In fact, uh, Kansas City did to beat Houston. What you have to do and what you have to realize and what you have to understand is this is the NFL. And while everybody shouldn't be able to beat everybody every single week, everybody can beat anybody else any day, any day of any given week if those teams don't come to play the way that they're supposed to bottom line if you don't have your stuff together and you go out there and you think you're going to beat a team in the nfl and you uh go out there half stepping and playing all laissez-faire and 
and loosey-goosey with the football and fumbling. And those dudes play college too, right? Those dudes are athletic and those dudes have pride. And there's not as there's not a, as much of a difference as you think when you talk about one or two plays either way. That's the main way that they can get their butt whipped is to go out here and not realize that any and everybody could beat you at any and every point. They have to understand the way the Chargers felt about them last year in the regular season. And the Jaguars went in there and stomped a hole in them like 38 to 10 or something like that. Well, 38, 17. The Chargers didn't expect that. You know why? Because they were looking down their nose at these little mighty Jaguars and they got mollywhopped. And I hope the Jaguars don't fall complacent to that same thing. Now, another way you can avoid that happening is to not think about not losing but just to think about winning and understanding that what winning does, it puts you in a better position when you get to the playoffs. It puts you, uh, every time you win, you gain and get more confidence. And that's not just for the best players on the team, that's for the role players on the team where they start walking around and they start feeling themselves, right? And if that happens, what you need to do is understand that that's a part of it, but you also have to keep them down a little bit and say, but we still got to go out here and do it every single week. Now, y'all know I did a way too early prediction. And I picked the Jaguars to go 14-3. and three. Now, I might change that up a little bit. But I literally went through game by game and tried to even, in my mind, situationally say, who? No, I, I don't reasonably expect that team to be able to beat them on that day. They play the AFC South. I think they're going to win every game this year in that division. And then they play the NFC South. And there's no reason why they shouldn't beat all of those teams too. Of course, it's the NFL. But if I tell you a game that I think they're going to lose, I got to give you a reason why I think they should, why I think they'll lose it. And I can't do that now until the team actually gets their um, their identity together. So we'll have to just take a look. And all of that. All right. So I'm going to tell you who the biggest threats are. I'm going to go team by team in the AFC South and give you guys some idea of who I believe the biggest threats are. I'll do that in just a second here as we continue with more Locked on Jaguars. All right. So check this out. Here's where we're going here in the third and final segment. Just give you a quick recap. What we've done is talk about the Jaguars' journey to the top. And we spent most of the time talking about what happened to them when they got to the top and fell back to the bottom and how they ended up back to the top. It was a long – the Jaguars are Andy Dufresne's of the NFL, right? They crawled through three football fields worth of poo in order to come out to where they are and where, they, where we feel good about them. The AFC South, how do you stay on top? How do you not – get complacent how do you look at it every single week and understand that teams are going to come at you just like you went at them last year and finally we're going to talk about the biggest threat in the division i'm going to start with the team that you're watching this podcast about the jacksonville jaguars the jacksonville jaguars are in my opinion their own biggest threat in the division and why do i say that I say that because I believe their fate is really in their own hands. And, and most teams, most people around the league will tell you that that's what they believe, that the fate of their team is, is in their own hands. And, you know, they're, they're their biggest enemy if they don't play well and all of these other things. But no, 
I'm going to tell you flat out. I just honestly believe that from a talent perspective, from a coaching perspective, while I would give Mike Vrabel a lot of credit, he hasn't won a Super Bowl the way uh, Doug Peterson has. So I'm going to give Doug Peterson a little bit more uh, a little bit more in, in, in the respect of who, who I think the best coach in the AFC South there. I see a Sean Payton was over here, and then you'd have to you'd have to conjure up some sort of debate or whether or not who's the best between those two. But Mike Vrabel for a long time was the sheriff in the division, right? He took over when he kind of took Bill O'Brien's lunch money from him. And, you know, the Colts, their coaching staff has been moving around so much. Yeah, I think Doug Peterson is the best coach in the division. I really, really do. I think Trevor Lawrence is by far the best quarterback in the division. And that's because I think the second best quarterback in the division is probably the kid in Houston without any disrespect to Ryan Tannehill. And, and I understand how playing games and being a part of is important. They just took two dudes in two straight years. They took a second round pick this past year and a third round pick the year before at quarterback. So even they're trying to replace Ryan Tannehill. So I don't want to hear nobody who's trying to defend Ryan Tannehill. Come on, sit here and tell me that, well, maybe Ryan Tannehill. No, he's not better than Trevor Lawrence. I like C.J. Stroud a lot. I like the potential of Anthony Richardson. Now, down the road, that could be a problem because if Richardson and Stroud are as good as I think they have the potential to be, I really, really like C.J. Stroud. I know a lot of people are comparing him. They're saying he's Kirk, Kirk Cousins with a little more pop. I think he's way, way better than that. I think he's getting a real, real bad rap. I think this kid rips. He reminds me of Kurt. It ain't Kirk. It's Kurt. He reminds me of Kurt Warner with how he lets the ball go, how he rips the ball down the field, how he throws the out passes. He sees the field. That's the Kurt he reminds me of. He doesn't remind me of Kirk Cousins very much because Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is basically an overachiever. You can say that about Kurt Warner too, but you can't say it after a while because after a while, Warner was letting that thing fly. I know he had a lot of weapons, but guess what? That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to surround your quarterback with a lot of weapons. I'm really, really watching Houston this year because they've built their team. They've built their team out pretty good over the last two off seasons. And I think D'Amico Ryans is very, very infectious as a coach. Now that can go two, two ways because remember we had Gus Bradley here who was infectious. Raheem Morris has been a guy like that in the past. Uh, Dan Quinn was that way in Atlanta. Very energetic, runs around, acting crazy, talking, yelling, screaming, got the respect of a lot of people. But if he doesn't win, what happens if the winning doesn't come fast enough, right? Or is he going to be able to keep his people involved? You know, you never know until the coach actually gets involved with his team and these things have to manifest themselves. So, but I do think the uh, the outlook in Houston is on the way up. And by the way, we're going to be doing, obviously, prior to the season, we'll be doing a lot of uh, crossovers and uh, divisional previews and maybe even some schedule, schedule things where we go through um in in fact within a week or so i'm going to be on with locked on coats uh they, they just hit me up and i'm going to be on with them and we're going to be talking about some cross divisional things i may push that with you guys but i want to wait a little bit until we do the main things because I, when we do the main stuff with all of the crossovers as, from a network standpoint i really want you guys to remember what i just said about houston because i give those guys uh shout out to my boys in, in houston for the locked on texans too my man Hickman and my man Cody Davis. 
but I give, give him a lot of grief over the years about Houston, about, you know, ever since Deshaun Watson left and about the direction of that franchise. I would honestly sit here and tell you right now, I'd rather be the Houston Texans than to be either the Colts or the uh, Titans. I would. The last thing I want to be is the Tennessee Titans, by the way. I just had to do that. Shout out to Tyler Rowland. I had to do that because, you know, we don't like them around. Around here, we don't like them very much, right? So the bottom line is I still think that there's enough left in Tennessee where they'll have a little bit of an attitude. You know, they still have all pro players and Kevin Bayard on defense and, of course, Travis Henry on offense. They still got some hard-nosed guys. They got a couple of nice little pieces. I like Harold Landry. Um, they've added to the offensive line, Peter Skaronsky this year. Uh, got a Alec Bur- uh, Burks is a not, not Alec Burks, but Burks is a Traylon Burks is a nice-looking little wide receiver before he got hurt last year. And they just have their Titan way of doing things that, quite frankly and quite naturally, is aggravating to Jaguar fans because it always seems like they had an answer for the Jaguars, anything that the Jaguars wanted to try to do. So they're still a threat, and I'm not going to sit here and, and poo-poo them and talk down on them to the point where you start overlooking them and doing the same thing that I'm sitting here telling the team not to be doing, right? Don't be doing that. So you can't do that. And then the Colts are dangerous. The Colts still have players, you know. Jonathan Taylor, Quentin Nelson, and now they're, they're getting bigger at receiver and more talented. And now they got a dynamic quarterback, even though he's young, and they're going to try to – continue to improve that defense. And they got people over there too. Uh, Darius Leonard and, and, and Buckner and all of those dudes, they got, got some, they got some ball players on that team too. So we just have to make sure that the Jaguars handle their business. And that's why I believe the biggest threat, the biggest threat on paper is just themselves. The biggest threat in terms of not overlooking them is probably the Titans the team that you can say, hey, they may be a problem in a year or two, and they're a problem today if we don't watch them, that would be the Houston Texans. And then the Colts. The Colts are always a team, no matter how good or bad they are, no matter how much better than the Jaguars they are, no matter how much better than uh, than them the Jaguars are, That there's always seemingly a split with those two teams. So just watch out. Don't get caught sleeping. Don't get caught slipping and looking at other teams and thinking about the bigger picture and the Jaguars will be just fine. You guys will be fine too. If you tap in here on locked on Jaguars every single day, because it's your team every day. And we thank you for making us your first listen. If you're watching on YouTube, you see right down there what to watch next. And that's locked on NFL, your daily NFL podcast, national podcast. You can check me out on there on Wednesdays, but don't wait till Wednesdays. Go look and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube and check that out as well. All right, until next time, you guys take care of each other, and we will see you as we continue to go through and preview the 2023 season and give you our best guesstimation of what the Jags need to do, what they need to look for. We'll continue to talk about that as we move forward. Until then, you guys take care of yourself and take care of each other, and we'll see you next time here on Locked on Jaguar.